Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. I am so stinking happy that you're here, and I am sending you a big virtual hug through my microphone right now. So I hope you're having a great day. And if not, I hope the hug helped. (laughs) Now, we are continuing a series in honor of October being the National Women's Small Business Month. And Last week, if you tuned into our episode 12, you got to hear all about my own entrepreneurial journey. And this week, we're continuing the conversation, but I am going to introduce you to a few of the kick-ass female entrepreneurs that have really inspired me and I think will also inspire you. Now, before we get into the good stuff and I introduce our guest for this episode, I want to remind you that one of the best ways that you can support this show is by leaving us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes if you're hanging out with us over there. And another really great way to support the show is just by sharing it with a friend or someone that you think will find it interesting. I super appreciate all the love and support, and I'm so happy that you're here to listen. And one more thing. In an upcoming episode later on this fall, I'm going to be doing a Coach Kaya Tells All series. And what that means is I want to know what your questions are. I'm going to have my very best friend, Jessica, interview me. She's going to turn the tables around a little bit, and it's going to be telling you guys all the things. Whatever questions you have, we are going to answer them honestly. And because Jessica is my one of my oldest friends. She's also going to be able to call me out if she doesn't think my answer is good enough. So (laughs) it's going to be an interesting one. So I've already been getting a few questions and I would love to hear what questions you have. It's super easy. Just click the link in the show notes to drop your questions or send them to me through Instagram or Facebook and we will make sure to add them to the queue. Now let's get into the good stuff for this week. I am so excited for my guest today. Her name is Natalie Kavoric, and she is a mama of three boys. She's a ranch wife, but she is also a rancher because she recently decided to go full-time working from home on the ranch in Nebraska with her husband and her family. Now, I first got to know Natalie a couple years ago. We served as marketing ambassadors for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association annual convention, and she is just such a joy. And it has been so cool to see the way that Natalie's kind of entrepreneurial journey has shifted just in the last couple of years since I've known her. And I think you're going to find her story to be very inspiring. Now, I titled today's episode Rural Rooted for a couple of reasons. And the first reason is that, like I mentioned, Natalie is ranching in Nebraska, but she hasn't let being rural stop her from creating a really amazing business that not only highlights and celebrates that rural lifestyle, but also is able to diversify the income coming into their operation. And not only that, but she is also using what she's learned along the way to help support other women that are in the agriculture, Western and rural industries or lifestyle to do the same thing through her Rural Rooted Retreats. I cannot wait for you to hear more about that and just to meet my dear friend, Natalie. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Hello there, beautiful friend. I'm your host, Kaya, a cattle rancher turned accidental life coach after embarking on my own health journey, losing over 100 pounds, but most importantly, rebuilding my relationship with myself. Now I am more on fire than ever to empower others to create a healthy life that they love from the inside out by sharing the tools, tips, and strategies that I've learned and continue to learn along the way. Mindset, health, body image, self-love, entrepreneurship, and more. We're here to chat about climbing the mountains of life all while finding joy in the journey. Welcome to the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. Now let's get climbing. 
Welcome, Natalie, to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. For those that don't know you, Natalie, please introduce yourself and tell us who who is Natalie. Well, good morning, Kaya. Uh, quick before I do an introduction, in case it doesn't, I don't get a chance to say this again. Um, you had mentioned how we met, and I remember when we were at NCBA, you had told me that one of your goals you wanted to do was start a podcast. So I just want to say congratulations for doing that because you did it, and it's amazing. And I remember being in that moment with you and thinking, Kaya would be perfect for this. Like she is destined to start a podcast. So I'm so honored that you even asked me to be on here today. Um, I'm just excited to chat with you. It's always so fun to have a good conversation with you. But for all the listeners, um, my name is Natalie Kovorik, um, and as Kaya said, I am a ranch wife in Central Nebraska. Um, my I kind of my little tagline, I guess, is that I am a rancher's daughter turned ranch wife turned ranch mom, um, and now I get to say turned rancher because. Um, as of last week, I stepped away from my professional career to kind of go um, all in on spending time um, at the ranch with my family. So um, a new title I could add, which is exciting. But um, like you, Kaya, I was born and raised in agriculture, um, something that we were both, you know, blessed to be able to say we did and something we probably never recognized how blessed we um, were to have that background until later on in life. But um, I grew up originally, I'm a Nebraska transplant, so I grew up in southwest Montana. Um, I'm a fourth generation rancher's daughter there. So uh, family ranch, I still have two sisters back on the ranch with my parents right now. Um, and I do miss the mountains of Montana, but I also love calling Nebraska home. It's a very great state. Um, so I'm I'm thankful that this is where my husband plopped me down at. Um, I ended up down here when we got married. He is a Nebraska boy himself um, and was ranching down here prior to us meeting um, and I guess it's something a little bit unique about me is a lot of people in the agriculture industry, um, there's definitely a passion for it. And a lot of people just once you're in it, you don't want to leave. And I kind of grew up with the mentality that I thought I would leave. And I did for a little bit, kind of like you, Kaya, I just um, my degree is outside of agriculture. And I spent a lot of time while I was still um, very much affiliated with my family's ranch and spent time there and um, lived near it. I never thought my income would be dry from it, let alone would I be you know, married to a rancher and raising my children on a ranch. So I'm very blessed that the man upstairs knows what he's doing. And he um, place me where I am because I'm um, just very happy and content with where my life is at right now. Oh, I love that. And okay, it's so funny that you brought up that I had shared that dream with you when we first met about being a podcaster. I am someone who especially now believes in like saying your dreams out loud and telling other people because um, I think that when you say them out loud, it helps you manifest them. And so I kind of forgot about that, Natalie. So that is just such a, a cool full circle moment. And I love hearing your story about how you kind of fell back into agriculture, kind of like I did. This was not your intended path, but um, life has a funny way of working out sometimes. Now, there are a million questions I want to ask you, but the first one I want to ask, since you just mentioned that you just recently shifted so that you're on the ranch full time. So I feel like something that maybe not a lot of people know about you is what your first career kind of got started with. So tell me what you used to do off of the ranch and what made you officially decide to pull the trigger and say, okay, I'm going to go all in on this ranching thing and leave that other job. So um, I went to school to be a pharmacist and I practiced full-time pharmacy for almost uh, eight years. So I went part-time when I moved down here with my husband in Nebraska. And I loved being a pharmacist. I actually, um, I've served in, um, I've worked in hospitals. So clinic, um, retail, I've kind of done it all. And um, I loved the career and 
Um, I actually, while I stepped away, I still will um, work part-time at the hospital, or not part-time, sorry, um, as needed. So I'll still fill in when they need me. So I'm not completely transitioning away, but I have no more set hours that I will, will go in for that. But I, I loved the career. Um, I loved being in healthcare. I loved actually working at the small hospital I do here outside of, we're in uh, fairly rural Nebraska. I mean, most of Nebraska is rural if you're not in Lincoln and Omaha. But um it's a pretty small, it's a critical access hospital. So it's, you know, it's a small number of bed at 16. And um, I love the team there. And I love being a part of the team and serving our area. I think, you know, healthcare um, is obviously a very important industry. And, um, you know, I, I, it served me well, but I've, I've kind of come to learn that there are seasons in life. Um, and I am embracing that more that just because you did something, you know, it doesn't have to be your story for the rest of your life. And I'm also kind of embracing that it is um, okay to shift and make changes and lean into other things that, you know, we all grow and develop as people. We're not the same people we were a year ago, let alone, you know, 10 years ago. And so I'm just at a different place. And when we, when I had moved down here with my husband, I went part-time and that was really great. We had one older child um, and we're getting ready to expand our family to include the two littles. And so I knew part-time would be just perfect. That's why I didn't go back or try and find a full-time job when I moved here. Um, And now we just, we have two littles, so three kids total. And our oldest is um, a sophomore. So he's only going to be around for a couple more years before he's gone. And you don't, you know, you always hope that they'll come back in some form or, you know, you'll live nearby where you can visit all the time. But um, if I am an example of anything, it's that you can move far away from your family. And so I just really wanted to cherish that time with um, my oldest son. And um, I just felt I was, as we'll talk about a little bit later, I was, you know, I'm doing some things with social media and um, kind of just growing. And I have all these ideas. And I feel like entrepreneur is kind of hard. It's um, once you catch the bug of like, you can do anything, create anything that you you want to, it's hard to turn off that switch. And so I, I just there's things I want to do right now. And um, it wasn't conducive any more for me to, um, or was just becoming hard to, you know, quotation balance everything I had going on. And so my husband and I talked about it. And it's funny, we had actually talked about me continuing um, my part time through the end of the year, and then scaling back next year to just filling in and an opportunity kind of present itself at work for me to just naturally talk to my boss about it. And so I remember being in that position. And I was like, should I do it? I hadn't told my husband, like I was going to work for a couple more months. And I just went for it. And so I had to text my husband and be like, so I just quit. And he was like, okay. <laughs> um, but it's been really great. And I the moment I made that decision, I know change isn't easy for, for anyone listening. Change is not easy. And you start to question if your head and your heart doesn't align and, you know, which one's right and which one should you listen to. Um, so I, I know for anyone who's in the position of wanting to make big changes or do something different, um, it's hard. But the moment I left, um, I felt so much lighter and I could, it just, I just felt, I knew I'd made the right decision. So I'm very excited. I think my husband's a little nervous to have me on the ranch all the time, but um, we'll, we'll see. It could be an interesting winter of a transition period. <laughs> Well, I'm so grateful that we get to um, follow along with that journey with you because one of the things that you do such a beautiful job with is sharing your story, like all the ins and outs of it. And before we go on to the next question, I just, I really love too what you said about appreciating the the season that you're in. You know, I think sometimes when we're younger, we think like, this is what I'm going to go to school for. This is what I'm going to do forever. This is the career that I'm committing to. And I think giving yourself the freedom to recognize that maybe certain things in your life are for a season and you shifting or pivoting, it doesn't mean you're giving up on something, but you're just recognizing that I'm in a new season and I'm, I'm ready for that next step. Now, you mentioned that you are the daughter of a rancher, a ranch wife, and now a full-time rancher. You pivoted now to being full-time on the ranch. But Natalie, what you do is so much more than just 
ranching. And I feel like there are so many different projects and you've kind of like given the ranch your own flair and like made your own kind of position there. And I want you to tell a little bit more about what you do, what role do you kind of play? And I also want you to tell me in that, you know, when I reached out to you about being on the podcast featuring female entrepreneurs, you kind of mentioned like, oh, entrepreneur, like it's still kind of weird to consider myself to be an entrepreneur. So I want you to tell me how you've kind of created this entrepreneurial role for yourself on the ranch and what that kind of has felt like as you embrace that and continue to create that moving forward. Yeah. So what I do, (laughs) I'm not sure what I do on the ranch, Kaya. Um, (laughs) I do a lot of hanging and not helping is what I do. Um, No. So I originally had gotten into social media, as you had mentioned at the beginning of the podcast um, with a friend of mine, we had started a ranch direct beef business. And if you're going to get strangers on the internet to buy beef from you, you have got to have a connection with them. (laughs) So we really knew that it was important to create a story around who we are and really get people, you know, to know us, our families, our product and, you know, our business. And so that is where I really, I guess, kind of fell in love with the idea of bringing people along with like your ranching story and sharing, you know, what we do as ranchers and farmers. And it's funny because I talk about this at, um, I host business retreats for women. And I talk about how we are in this environment so much that we forget that no one else really is, that we are 2% of the population. You know, our my parents' ranch, my neighbor's ranch, our friend's ranch, um, we ranch. And so it's like we surround ourselves with this and we almost forget that there's this huge circle outside of us that has no idea. And so that's kind of where I was when I started the social sharing um, for the Ranch Wives Beef Company. I was like, well, this, you know, I, I just, it was, it didn't, it didn't fully connect for me that I had a special story to share. Um, and so that's where I kind of realized that. Um, and I had also kind of wanted to do, um, when you own a ranch direct beef and like that, and you're sharing online, it's very hard to kind of advocate for the whole industry. Cause it's kind of like, you have to, it's hard to walk the line between this is what we do and how, you know, the beef that we're selling, but these are the other things going on in the industry. And I think it can get overwhelming and confusing for consumers to kind of, I mean, people within the beef industry, even themselves, I feel like there's so many faucets to understand that to do all of that under that business was just hard. And it was, it was hard to know how much to share of your family and how much to keep it business and all, you know, all the things that anyone out there is listening to that runs a business online. It's like all these lines you're trying to walk. And so I had just really felt called to step away from that and just start sharing what I wanted to, which is our family story and kind of start advocating for the industry as a whole more um, and, and, and less sharing just about like the people who are doing ranch direct beef business. Um, so that's where I ended up in, and where I am now. It was a year and a half ago that I made the pivot and just went to my personal page and just started sharing our story. I also started a YouTube channel. And so that's what I did. I mean, I, and that's why I'm so, you had asked me before the podcast started, are you, um, because it is controversial in our industry, unfortunately, are you a ranch wife or are you a rancher? Like, how should I introduce you? And um, I've always really fondly held the title of ranch wife to my heart. I take pride in that. I know there are women out there who are the rancher um, and want to be referred to that. And I think that we should leave space for, you know, all the titles we want. Um, but I had the off ranch job. And when I was on the ranch, I know how hard ranchers work, whether you're the female or the male. Um, and I didn't feel right holding that title because I would have kids in tow and I wasn't doing the hard labor. And if it was blizzarding outside, I was sitting inside with the kids. It was my husband who was going out and doing, you know, the majority of the choring, like the day-to-day operation fell on him. It was a choice if I could go out and partake and help. And so I've always leaned really heavily and been very proud of being the wife portion of that, because I think out of any business or industry, 
families is a key to agriculture being success. So my role as the wife is just as important as the rancher. But yeah, now that'll kind of, so that's what I've been doing now. I, you know, I had my off ranch job I went to and um, I brought income back to our operation that way. And then I had this gig of social media sharing and um, kind of, I guess, developing a personal brand that I've grown over the last year and a half. And, and now it's all kind of colliding where, I don't know, I guess I get a, you know, hopefully I told my husband, I want to take over a couple of things on the ranch, some feeding and some different things that can um, free him up to do other stuff. And so, yeah, I'll definitely be taking a more active role, a traditional role of just like choring and stuff. But, you know, my contribution and my job on the ranch is kind of oddly enough been sharing it online with um, people to, to watch and follow along with us. So one of the questions I have for you is, so the social media thing, you just kind of started sharing as like an advocacy thing, sharing the farm. And I feel like now it's kind of become, you know, another way for you to generate income too for your operation. But my question is, as you started sharing more on social media, what was your husband's perspective? And I ask this selfishly because I have a husband who doesn't love being on social media very much. And he is frustrated by social media and having no privacy in his life, but he also sees that there's value in it as a business. And so I'm kind of curious, like, um, you know, you've been someone who's embraced social media even before it was all about your family's farm. What is your family's perception of social media? Have they always been really for it? Has that been something that they've grown to love and appreciate? I'd love to hear your insight on that. Yeah, it's definitely been a journey and it's hard to think back to how Luke initially responded, Um, but it's been a growth phase for him. Definitely. We talk about this at my retreats um, because a lot of people have the same question. The women do. How do I get my husband involved? How, you know, how did you do it? And my biggest tip for anyone is to let your spouse um, show up in the way that they want to. And so I starting out had this idea of how I wanted Luke to show up um, and how I thought he should be supporting me and the contribution he could bring to the, you know, this, this gig that I was doing. Um, and I had it all wrong. Um, and I'm so happy that he kind of just was not stubborn, but he just stayed true to who he was and what he wanted, you know, how he wanted to show up. And, and I learned to just kind of lean and let him and by allowing him to do that. So I thought he'd be like my, you know, quotation Instagram husband, and he'd take my photos. And I had this whole vision lined out from it. it's just so not Luke. It's so funny. And he kind of just embraced it in a different way. And when I put the camera in front of him, he always kind of leaned more into having like an educational voice. He just kind of can't help it. Um, and I know that that is the sole reason our people watch our YouTube channel. It is not for me <laughs> it is solely to listen to hear Luke talk. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like I just allowed him to show up on the, whether it was YouTube or Instagram stories or whatever it was um, in the way that he wanted to. Um, and that took a lot of tension out of the situation. And I also think it catapulted us and a lot of brought up brought a lot of opportunities to us that um, wouldn't have otherwise, you know, there are brands that we got to work with, you know, specifically, I know because of his knowledge set that I would never have been able to advocate for or promote in the way that he could have. And so it was really a blessing to me that he kind of just kept staying true to himself and didn't didn't cave and, you know, show up the way that I wanted him to, because I feel like what we have created has actually really been um, together now because I, you know, we both get to show up in what's true to ourselves. Um, and it's kind of just this nice mix of, you know, playful humor lots of times, but also Luke has such a, you know, knowledge base that he brings to our channel. And I, and I, I actually have a larger following of males than I think a lot of women in industry do because a lot of them, you know, tune in to listen to Luke and, and follow for, you know, his expertise. And so, um, my tip for getting, you know, husbands involved is definitely letting them show up how they want to. But it's definitely a balance. Um, I'll add to I have my oldest is a sophomore. And so I have to be very cautious about also respectful of 
um, him and, you know, his friends follow. And um, it's probably not fun to have your mom doing things on social media all the time. You know, I, I am very confident and comfortable in who I am. So I'll, I'll do dumb things or silly things. And it doesn't think twice, you know, about me, but I have to also kind of put myself in the perspective of my teenager's foot. So for anyone who's sharing out there, um, it's just all about, you're just going to fumble your way through, but really just stay true to your values. Um, and then try and really listen to the people around you and what's most important for them too. Oh, such good advice, Natalie. I'm going to take some of that because I think sometimes I try to push Brent to do certain things that he's like does not want to do or doesn't feel true to him. Um, so I am I'm learning as I go there too. He is pretty good about being the Instagram husband to take the photos though. He'd much rather be behind the camera than in front of it. So such good insights. Thank you for sharing that. Now, there's something that you had mentioned and it was, you were talking about how, you know, by allowing Luke to show up as he was, it created more opportunities for some of these partnerships that maybe wouldn't have been possible otherwise. You know, it's been so cool as someone looking in to see, you know, the incredible partnerships and collaborations that you've been able to create and work with, whether whether it comes to, you know, Western fashion companies or maybe some of these, these beef companies. How do you guys kind of approach or create those connections and relationships with those partnerships? Yeah, it's been really exciting. So unfortunately, agriculture is right a little bit behind the times always. <laughs> so people have been using influencers, you know, outside brands have for a long time. And when I started social media, I thought to myself, okay, am I going to uh, try and work with brands outside of the industry with the unique perspective that I can get them, you know, in front of people that they're probably not getting themselves in front of? Or am I going to hold out and hope that brands within the industry will, you know, show up and start using influencing and um, people online to market because that is such my niche and I can speak to it. And so for a long time, I didn't quite know where I fit and which voice I would use and who my target audience is. And, and I still kind of work with brands inside and outside the industry. But I was so happy when, you know, companies and um, people within the industry started recognizing the value of using um, I have no problem using the word influencer, so I'll say that, but using influencers, because I do think it's exciting and it is an opportunity to bring it, like you had mentioned earlier, another income stream to the ranch. And so it's been really fun to work with. I've been an influencer for a lot of, their first influencer for a lot of brands. And it's been fun to kind of help them navigate the way and share kind of what I know from my end so they can move forward and work better with other women. Because I want to, I want other women to come behind me and have the same opportunity that I did and work with those same brands and have the opportunity to come back, you know, and bring, you know, an income stream to their ranch just through sharing something they do every single day. I think that's so amazing that we get to go out and just literally um, you know, share what we're most passionate about and what we're doing every single day and, and monetize that. And so, yeah, it's been really great to, to do that. And as far as, you know, relationships or how we cultivate that, a lot of it is just, um, I think really, like I said, just kind of being true to ourselves. I think, I, you know, I had goals and visions of what I wanted my page to be, and it has far exceeded what I could have ever, you know, my tunnel vision was definitely on. I'm doing things I never would have thought I had done, but I knew brand partnerships were something I wanted to do. And so I just really started showing up in a way that I, I felt would serve brands who wanted to work with me. Um, and I just believed in myself enough that when the brands weren't coming in and they, those offers weren't rolling in, um, I kept doing the work that, that hoping that they would. So I had laid that foundation so that when brands, you know, within the industry did start using influencers, I, I felt like I was in a position where they were, you know, ready to ask me because I had kind of laid the foundation and I guess to work together. I think that's brilliant because I think sometimes we think, oh, if I want to do the brand partnerships, I have to get them now in order to get started. But what you did was you said, I know that I have this vision of working with companies like this in the future. So how can I create 
you know, this brand for myself that really lends well to that. So it's almost like making yourself an easier sell for them. I think that that's brilliant. And one of the coolest things I think that you do, Natalie, is I love that you, you use your platform to be yourself, to share your heart, to share like the ranch in a really beautiful, authentic way. But I love your passion for not only doing that for yourself, but also paving the way for other women and other women in agriculture. And I know that you recently started, I guess, kind of a new entrepreneurial venture for yourself, doing exactly that, really helping other female entrepreneurs entrepreneurs called Rural and Rooted. And you mentioned it a few times earlier in our in our interview, and I'd love for you to share a little bit more about what is Rural and Rooted. When you talk about these retreats, what are they? Who do they serve? Tell us all the things. Yeah. So again, that was just another opportunity that I feel like God placed in front of me, and, and I'm thankful he did, but one I didn't see or had set out to do. So it's funny, I have never really picked words for the year. I know a lot of people do that, but I had never really done that. But um, at the end of 2019, going into 2020, I thought to myself, community is my word. And I had just, I felt like we were all online and I had known so many women online, but I didn't really know them. Um, you know, it was like, you scroll, you tap, you leave a comment and you kind of go on. And it's like, I felt like I just had all these relationships, but I didn't have like relationships almost, you know, it was just very like surface screen level, right? It's literally what we're doing. We're on our screen. So my word for the year, I was community. I said, I really want to create community. And again, this is why you just have to listen to your heart and be open to pivots and making, you know, changes and taking advantage of opportunities presented in front of you. But my goal was, okay, I'm going to reach out to a woman each month that I really admire and see if they want to collab, collaborate, you know, in some way together and maybe hopefully create some kind of community around that. And so that is actually how I, uh, Court DeHoff and I had done a, we released a limited edition wild rig together. We designed and put out there for the Fancy Lady Cowgirl movement. Um, And that was what, that was my first woman I reached out to. I said, hey, Court, I really want to start doing like collaborations with women. Would you be interested in whether it was a t-shirt or a sweatshirt or designing something together and releasing this? And so my goal was to do that every single month with a new woman, but God placed these retreats in front of me instead. And I'm just so blessed he did. But they originally started, um, as I mentioned, I was part of uh, Ranchwise Beef Company and we had gone to, there was a social media influencer named Susie Holman. If anyone follows her, she hosts retreats. They were called Susie School. And so we had gone to her very second one just to invest in our business and, you know, up level our, our, what we were doing online. And so I went actually for that, um, you know, for Ranch Wives, I was still, you know, sharing then and, and a part of that. And so, but I had took what I had learned there, which it's kind of, it's set up I mean, I've structured my retreats now. The first day is a lot of like alignment and why and really getting to the root of what we want to do and really laying a solid foundation so that we don't create a business around something like three years later down the road. We're like, ooh, I need to pivot again. I don't even enjoy this. So we really spend a lot of the first part of the retreat being like, okay, what really brings us joy? What are we good at? What are our skills? What does the world need? What can we actually make money from? Like, how do we meld all of these together to find our passion? And um, so I, she had some done some of that at the retreat as well. And I had, I guess that was maybe my first really experience with like, personal work, or I don't know what label you want to call it. But I had just left that retreat, um, I guess, maybe learning how to listen to my inner voice better, or really you know, I mean, again, you have to remember that my training was, or my job was pharmacy. So I went to a job, you go do the job, you check in, you clock out, you come home, you know, it was very structured. And I thought that's what I would do. And so I think I just learned to listen to the little voices that were saying things like that's maybe you're not completely fulfilled, or, you know, maybe you should be doing something else. And so it really took, we went to that at the end of 19. 
And it took, I, you know, I, that's when I decided to branch off. Um, it took about five months of me learning to, to listen to that voice and really trust myself to make this story even longer. Um, so you go to these retreats um, and it's with, you know, X amount of other women. And when we left, you try and mastermind. And, um, you know, we were the only women there in agriculture, obviously. There was, you know, real estate women there and, and fashion bloggers and just a wide assortment of women. And we would try and help each other out when we left, like present you know, talk about problems or things you were going to do and bounce ideas off. But it was, I felt like the women at the retreat is, and I still have great friends with some of them, but I felt like they were just so disconnected. They couldn't really help. And I kept thinking to myself, gosh, it would just be so beneficial if I could do a retreat like this, but all women in agriculture um, or rural America or Western, which is the, you know, the three, I guess, audiences I try and target for my rural rooted. Cause I just knew that there was power in that community that um, it was, it's almost the most, you learn so many useful tools at my retreat, but the, I mean, the, what you get from making those relationships with women is just, you don't even understand how it'll come back to you and serve you later on in life. And so I reached out to Susie and I said, I have this idea. I want you to host a retreat, but I want it to be for just women in agriculture. I will get your women for you, you know, and you can do your retreat and I'll come and be an assistant coach. And that was like my pitch to her. And she was like, that's beautiful. I believe in your idea, but if you're going to, if that's going to happen, you're going to do it. And I was like, no, no, no. Like I, I don't host retreats. I don't have, I don't have this experience. I don't have this expertise. This is, this is you. I will just find the women and bring them to you. And she was like, no, no, if this is going to be done, you're going to do it. And I, so I was kind of at the point where I was like, okay, well, are you going to buckle up and do it? Or are you just going to let imposter syndrome and all these other things that, you know, that our ego puts in front of us to um, prevent us from growing and, and doing different things when, and it was, I knew that these retreats wouldn't be done unless I did it. And so I just bucked up and said, okay, this could flop and I could open this retreat and no one could apply. And it could be the most embarrassing thing, or I can, you know, do it. And it can be amazing. And thankfully that's the way it was. I had planned on just doing one retreat and I just finished up my fourth and I'm unrolling, you know, hopefully three to four for next year. And I, and I have not even announced this yet. So this will be brand news here. Um, but I'm hosting a reunion, a first time, uh, the inaugural reunion. So I'm getting all four of my retreats from 2021 together so that all the women can meet and brainstorm and we can mastermind together. And Kaya, you're going to be there. You're going to be one of my coaches. And so, yeah, it's just, it's grown into something. Again, I never could have imagined that for myself. And God knew what he was doing when he said, okay, you want community. Here's your opportunity for community. Go see what you can do with it. Uh, Natalie, I legitimately just got chills. How beautiful. Like you have just created such a, a beautiful thing and it really all started by you being hungry for something more for yourself and you recognizing like, okay, I'm not the only one that needs this. And I have just, you know, I, I have not personally been to one of your retreats yet, but there's a bunch of women that I follow that have gone to your retreats and I can see that community and those connections and how they have just fostered just just what a blessing that you have have given these women in agriculture and just encourage them to pursue these dreams that they've had on their heart that maybe they wouldn't have felt brave enough to do otherwise. I think it's an incredible and I'm so excited and so honored to be a part of the reunion. I can't wait. I'm seriously so excited. And because I believe in the in the power of putting your dreams out into the universe, I'm also excited to come because one of my dreams is to also host rural ranch retreats, but focus on 
wellness, like less focused on entrepreneurship, like what you're doing, but more about like, how can we empower women in rural America, women in agriculture to really create these healthy lives they love from the inside out. So I'm so inspired by you and I love what you've created and how you're sharing your heart with other women. It's it's really, truly incredible, Natalie. And I can't wait to see it in action. Y'all, I'm just, I'm so giddy and so excited. So if, if you are an alum, I hope to see you there. It's going to be amazing. Hey there, friends. I just wanted to pop in really quick and see if you're looking to ignite your transformation for creating a healthier life that you love from the inside out. If so, I've got some good news. If you're willing to give me 10 minutes a day for just five days, I just recently launched my new five-day kickstart. In five days, you're going to learn my signature coaching framework, helping hundreds of women around the world ditch diet culture. I'm also going to share the five action steps that you need to start doing right now to ignite that health transformation. And they're likely not what you've been taught from diet programs. And I'm also going to be giving you strategies to create lasting change in your life from the inside out. And the good news, friends, it's 100% free. If you're ready to join the free five-day kickstart, visit coachkaya.com to get started. I wanted to circle back to your personal brand because I feel like all these entrepreneurial ventures that you kind of created for yourself from the ranch are all stemming from that personal brand. And what is absolutely clear in it is how passionate that you are about agriculture. And I love just seeing the way that you are using your voice and your creativity to really share that in a unique way that is so true to you. And if I'm understanding correctly, Natalie, you kind of accidentally coined this new phrase or tagline, or maybe you can call it a movement, which is hashtag ag is not the problem. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about that and where it came from and where you plan to take it next. Yeah. So as you mentioned, um, you had said the word creativity, and that is if I was to look at like brand archetypes or I don't know, personality traits or, you know, any of those things that creativity is always at the core. I've recognized of what I do. It, I, I, I have known I've always kind of been a creative person, but I didn't realize that it's so important for me to always have a creative element to what I'm doing. It really is what like keeps me fueled and going is to just exercise that creative muscle for me. So I had kind of fallen into advocacy. I It was something I was a little nervous to do. You know, I grew up registered and that is what I knew. I didn't know. I didn't, I still don't understand completely like the things that go on like in dairy or feedlot. And I had a lot to learn about cow-calf when I first married my husband. So there was all these different sectors and I just didn't feel like I was like, while I wanted to support them, I didn't feel like I had the voice to properly do it yet. Just because I, again, kind of what I was raised in was what I knew. It was just one faucet of the industry. And so I was kind of always a hesitant, like I'm not the best representation or I have the, you know, the most knowledgeable voice to advocate. And, and that's just a kind of a misconception I had to get over. We don't have to, it, like you said, it kind of just stems from passion. But anyway, so I had kind of fallen into it because I never really thought I would be as loud as a voice as I try to be now. But I remember getting really fired up about, obviously I got really fired up about something and put out an advocacy post. And we talk a lot this about the retreats is like listening to our audience, you know, to help us guide us in things and, that are, you know, successful. And so when I had put out that first advocacy post, the response I got from it was like, whoa, okay, I did not realize that people either one, you know, needed to hear someone say that or were happy. I just didn't, again, I just had this disconnect between the need for, for voices to do advocacy. And so 
I kind of started doing it a little bit more often. I had to get used to it. I had to, it takes a lot for me to do advocacy posts. I have to really research them, like all the facts. The last thing I want to do is make this massive post and have it be wrong. And so I kind of just slowly, you know, leaned into it, but I, I felt getting burnt out. It's really hard to advocate. There's a lot of negativity, especially if you're post as well. Um, there's a lot of voices that make you question, okay, like, are we wrong? Like what's going on here? You know, the, the voices always that are the loudest are not the majority or the right. And that's really rings true for advocacy. And I have to remind myself of that all the time, but I was getting burnt out. Um, but I knew I, I knew it was a need and I knew it was important to me and I still wanted to do it. So I kept thinking, okay, what creative way can I advocate this time? That's different from last time, you know, that makes me excited to advocate again. And so one of the ways I, you know, I've tried to to advocate in different ways, but one of the ways I was, is I had seen a fashion influencer write something on a, I think it was a dress. I can't remember. Um, and I thought, oh, okay, I can write something on a shirt. That'll that'll be good. And so I had sat for days thinking, okay, what am I going to write on this shirt? And I have found that the creative block is real. Like whenever I try and intentionally like write a post or create something really amazing, it's like crickets. Um, but I'll be out for a run, and you know, like, and it just serves. It just goes, you know, speaks to being in alignment with yourself. But I'll be cleaning the bar or doing something random, and it'll strike me, and I'll be like that's it. That's what I want to talk about. That's what I'm going to say. So I don't really remember the exact moment, but I remember thinking ag is not the problem. And I, and I actually think it was, now that I say that, I think it was a conversation I had with my husband because there was this comment someone had left and we were talking about it. And I remember just being like, ag is not the problem. Like if people could just understand. And so I, I took that and I put it on this shirt and I had my, I work with a photographer because again, my husband won't take, won't take photos for me. And I have no desire. I've learned there's one thing I've learned from social media is I am not a photographer. I cannot take the photos or edit them very well. And so I, I work with a professional a lot. And so Cass was out and I, I had my girl, we're doing some weird things. I got a shirt I've written on. I've got a dress I wrote on. We're doing some weird advocacy stuff. So just shoot me, hang tight, you know? Um, and I actually sat on those photos for a while because I was just a little nervous to put them out there. And the first one I put out there of the shirt that said, ag is not the problem. Again, just if you listen to your audience, they'll tell you what they like, what's what's doing well. And that one really took off. And I cannot believe, you know, it did okay as far as like if you were looking at like a like, um, you know, share standpoint, comment standpoint. But the amount of DMs I got that said, I would buy that, I would wear that was astounding to me because it was literally just a permanent marker that I, you know, tried to make my penmanship look nice on a t-shirt for. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm, you know, if I listen to my audience, is this really true? So then I pulled them and I said, would you actually really wear this if I made this? And again, and I said, please don't vote yes if you wouldn't. Like, I don't want to create a whole t-shirt line and have, like, it will not hurt my feelings if you won't buy this. It's not a big deal. Like, just please vote honestly. And so again, it was overwhelming. People said, yes, I would absolutely buy this. So I reached out to one of my designers who she um, did our ranch logo and I said, okay, I... I've got the, I don't know what my vision is for this. I'm not sure, but here's the slogan. Let's try and create something that feels, you know, visually naturally that I like. And we've come up with some designs and yeah, it's just turned into this whole thing. And I'm so excited. I um, checked my email list for the the launch and there's over a thousand people and it just astounds me. And it, but it makes me, that is honestly the best part of this is to know that there are people who are just as excited as I am out there about it. And I've said for a long time that my mission has always been to get people to just believe and trust in agriculture as much as I do. And to know that there are that many people that believe and trust in as much as I do, that my message isn't just, you know, my, cause sometimes you feel like that. You're just like, 
well, this is how I feel. And I'm going to shout it out to whoever's listening, but to know that there's other voices that say that echo it and say, yeah, me too. It's just, it's been really amazing. So whether the shirts sell or not, knowing that people are excited about it has been, you know, in and of itself, just really, really amazing. So awesome. Well, count me in for a handful of them, Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) But I, you know, it is like sometimes putting something out there, especially when you know that there's a lot of people that might disagree, it can feel so scary and so vulnerable. But I think that that's also where there's so much strength and you being willing to be the one to say that someone else is going to be like, yeah, finally someone said what I maybe didn't have the courage to say, or I didn't know how to say. And I think that that's something really special with the message that you've shared. So obviously social media has been a huge foundation for you and your own personal brand as an entrepreneur and also for the ranch now for people that are maybe wanting to learn how to grow their social media for business or find ways to advocate a little bit better. And I know you could talk about this forever and ever and ever, and I'm sure you dive really deep into this into your retreat. So if you don't mind just some high level, like what are some quick tips or advice you might give someone who is wanting to grow their social media? Yeah. So you're right. I could talk about it forever. (laughs) I could talk about it for three days, actually, at a high intensive retreat. But I guess if you look at the structure of, if I just broke it down, if you said high level umbrella terms, if you look at our retreats, it's really broken down into why, what, and then, and who kind of. And so it's like, if people are really going to you know, show up and they want to start, which I think everyone should, when in the opportunity of ever have we been able to market, um, whether you have a product or a business or a brand, whatever it is to the amount of people you can on social media for free. Um, like brands used to have to roll out magazine ads and they used to have like funding for TVs and commercial, like there used to be a marketing, you know, money set aside specifically for that. And now it's like, all you have to do is like open up your phone and you can literally, you know, if you have a bull sale, you can show people, you don't have to do it just in a catalog anymore. You know, whatever traditionally it looked like you can bring them along for the whole experience. And so I really recommend people trying to kind of lean into it. But to start, I would recommend looking at all the different platforms, which one feels best to you. They are all, all very, very different. Um, your audience is going to be on different platforms. So really kind of understand who, what it is you're selling or who you're selling to. Um, I think the why component is really important. What truly is your mission? You need to be really connected with that. You know, to make money isn't isn't a why. It's not a reason to do it. So you have to really, really understand at a much deeper level, like why do I want to create this personal brand? Why did I create this product? Why am I trying to market my business? And that will really help you. And then, yeah, there's, I mean, there's little tips, but honestly, you're going to stumble through it. And you said it best. I remember you said, follow your way forward. I, I think you did at least. I credit you with, you with that a lot. So if you didn't, you are credited on a lot of things I talk about for that. But you will do that with social media. You'll follow your way forward. And like I said, I started out you know, with one mind, with one vision in mind when I did mine. And now I have all these different opportunities that will present themselves. And so you'll, you'll stumble your way through, but if you understand what app you want to be on, you know, your voice and your, your why behind it, and then simply just start showing up and sharing, you're going to get much better and you're going to hone in and um, you'll start reaping some of those rewards. So good. And I think it's just like, take the pressure off of yourself to be like the expectations that you're going to be really good at first. Because I bet that if we went back to like our first social media posts, and I still don't feel like I'm very good, that that good still, but like 
you only get better and you only hone in on your message once you start. You have to start though. Like give your permission to get started. Give yourself permission to like let it be messy. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. And that's also how you, I think, learn how to listen to your audience more. Because it sounds like what you've done has really been, you know, based on your own personal values and your interests, but also a lot of listening to your audience and allowing them to kind of guide which direction you take. Because I have a feeling they have a million ideas. I know I have a million ideas and I can get very easily distracted and I have to remind myself, okay, what is my community actually need? need and want from me right now so that I'm really going in the right direction. So Natalie, you have a lot of things going on, right? You've got these incredible retreats. You're working with these awesome brand partners. You have a YouTube channel. You're a rancher. You're a mom to three boys. And I'm probably missing a million other things that you're doing behind the scenes. One of my questions for you is how do you manage your time each day and how do you prioritize the projects, especially when you have so many things in the works at once? Do you have any tips for people that are like, how do you juggle all the things? So I am a podcast fiend and I don't remember what podcast it was I was listening to, but I heard someone talk about an analogy where you're like juggling balls or I don't know, whatever, citrus fruit, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. Um, And there are important ones that you cannot drop and there are ones that you can let drop. And I I really took that to heart and I I understood that balance, um, and it took me a while to understand this, that Balance didn't mean like 25% as a mom and 25% as a business owner. It wasn't equal parts because that, that you're not going to excel that way, right? You're just going to be 25% then in whatever it is you're doing. And so that's actually not like healthy or good. You're never going to be successful in any area of your life if you're trying to equally balance everything. It's really understanding, again, going back to what season you're in. And so I'm kind of like you, I'm really big into like goal setting and And now I'm a lot of really into like personal, I guess, work or development. And um, I think it really just took me understanding, okay, this is a season of whether that season is short, like this is going to be weeks where I'm very heavily focused on, you know, my rural retreat prepping for that. Like that means I am going to slack a little bit as a mother in that area. And thankfully I have a spouse who steps up so the home doesn't become stressful. But if you're going to truly excel in one area of your life that you're passionate about, you have to be okay with letting the other areas be dropped for a little bit. The key is learning to not let them drop for too long so that you lose parts of yourself that were important before. So I have kind of learned now I've honed or I'm trying to continually get better at ebbing and flowing between like, okay, I'm going to be, it's really important right now that I show up as a mother for my children. You know, maybe Tad's going through something and he needs me. I need to put, you know, my business ideas and stuff on the backward and I'm going to be excel as a mother right now. Or maybe it's our, my marriage needs attention. I'm going to excel as a wife. Or maybe it's like having the conversation with Luke. Okay. I got to gear up. I'm launching these t-shirts. I'm just going to be really focused on some things right now. Can you pick up the household? And so I feel like it's just recognizing that you're never going to have equal balance actually isn't um, equal parts in balance. Balance is just like learning to ebb and flow out of like what's most important at that time, like what ball you can't drop. Mm, I love that. I love that because balance, I feel like we always are trying to reach it and it's impossible. So I love the honoring the seasons and um, knowing that it kind of teeters, right? Sometimes a lot of your your focus is going to be here and other times it's going to shift. So good. So this podcast, Natalie, is called Climbing. And I think it's because, you know, I, I I called it climbing and I call my community climb because I think that every journey that we're on, whether you're pursuing, you know, improving your health, whether you're pursuing your entrepreneurship journey, maybe motherhood, every journey in life kind of feels like a climb, you know? And so I guess my question for you is what, what mountain are you currently climbing or what's the next mountain for you? What is next for Natalie? Do you have any big projects or dreams on your heart that you're willing to share with us for um, your climb ahead? Yeah, I feel like this is a loaded like question I could answer in so many ways. I think the climb of the mountain I just got off is what we actually just talked about, which is the the quotations of the word balance. Um, going from, you know, for 10 years of my life, I spent 
going to a job where you were able to leave your job at your job and you didn't bring it home. And it was just very black and white for me. And then as I mentioned earlier, I got this taste. I never thought I'd be an entrepreneur. Like I was not one of those little girls that was like selling rocks at age nine or, you know, had lemonade stands. Like that was, it is not in my, I am a self-taught entrepreneur. So I I never actually really envisioned I would be doing all these things that I'm doing. And it's really taken myself a lot to learn. Um, I have kind of a If anyone's in the Enneagram, I'm a type three. And so we definitely have unhealthy work habits. Essentially, we can really just it we can get really out of balance and get really focused on work and accomplishments and doing um, because that's how we find value sometimes. And so um, it was really a grace period for me of learning. Well, what are you actually trying to accomplish with by doing all this, Natalie, and um, really having retrospect and learning how to balance, you know, again, quotations, everything I had going on. And, and I feel like I'm finally at a place. And, and part of that was stepping away from my job. And so I feel like I finally got off that mountain. Um, but that was that's been honestly, since the beginning of all of this have been the big hardest climb for me is, you know, climb is how to do all of this while still maintaining health, healthy relationships. And um, whether that's, you know, with myself or, you know, outside factors like my husband or my children or um, other people in business. And so um, as far as my next climb and and where I'm going next, I have a, yeah, I'm like you, I have a lot of ideas for 2022, but I have learned one of the healthy things for me is to kind of focus on, and this, I guess, would go back to your earlier question about, you know, people wanting to start and stuff. I think something that I did from the beginning was really just focus on the first step of the staircase instead of like the landing I wanted to get to. I've always known, I think it's really, really important to know the landing. Like, do you want to get to the fifth floor, seventh, first? Like, what is your actual goal you're working towards? Because otherwise you can just get so lost. But I think after you know that goal, it's really important to scale back and take like, okay, what are actually bite-sized actions I can take? And so, you know, focusing on that first staircase has been really helpful for me. So going into the next year, even though I have a gazillion, I have big, beautiful dreams of getting to like, you know, it. they're like dreams that feel off for me and which is, I don't usually feel that way. So I know they're big for me, but um, I just, I'm trying to focus on little things. So we're pivoting our YouTube channel a little bit, which I'm really, really excited about. I have been struggling the way we've been showing up and it's just not conducive for our family anymore now with two littles. And so I'd really, I, I wasn't ready to leave that platform yet, but I just couldn't make the way we're showing up work anymore. And so I'd really been spending a lot of time thinking, okay, what, what can I do with this platform? What, again, what actually brings value to people watching? Um, and I finally landed on something as of like just this week, I'm kind of in the beginning process of it. So I'm really excited for that. That's a big change that'll be happening for us. I'm so excited to carry Rural Rooted into 2022 um, and announce retreats for that. I have another thing, I will not say it out loud, but I have another thing that I'm bringing out um, to the table for that. And yeah, I'm just, I'm launching a website. So I've always, again, tip for people listening, just start where you're at. I have never had a website for myself. I launched it off of our Cohort Cattle website. It's a little button that says Natalie's Corner. And that's where you find all these weird things that people who are there to buy cattle are probably like, what in the hell is going on in Natalie's Corner? Like, what is this? But I wasn't ready to invest in a website yet. And so start with what you have with where you are. And so for me, I'm finally now just getting a website launch and I kind of want to lean into blogging a little bit more. And I have some ideas of mixing my YouTube with my website and some stuff. So yeah, I'm very excited for 2022. Those are my beginning bite-sized pieces, but hopefully by the end of the year, I'll be working on some of my bigger things that I'm not even actually aware of yet that God's going to place in front of me, fingers crossed. Mm, So good. I can't wait to see all of it unfold. I'm like your number one fan, Natalie. So um, (laughs) I can't wait. And I love that you said like the bite-sized pieces, meet yourself where you're at. I am a huge believer in the baby steps. I think sometimes when we have these big 
I'm all about having big audacious dreams. But I think sometimes when we have these big dreams off in the distance, it's like staring up at the peak of a mountain thinking like, how in the hell am I ever going to get there? And it helps to just look to where your feet are planted and ask, what does the next baby step forward look like? So, so good. Meet yourself where you're at take the next baby step forward, focus on the first staircase. So good. Can't wait to see all that happen. My last question before I want you to tell us where all the people can find you is, you know, I, in my experience, entrepreneurship and life in general can just be hard and messy and challenging and wonderful and all the things all at the same time. And so my, my question for you is how do you find joy in your journey, in your life, whether it's in motherhood, in ranching, in entrepreneurship, how do you find joy and take care of your, yourself mentally, emotionally, and physically as, as you, as you do all these amazing things? So I'm glad you asked this because um, this has been something I've had to train myself with too, again, for my personality. Um, We do this exercise at my retreats that are, it's kind of like self-work again, but goal setting as well. So it's like, okay, we're going to make a list of what you really want. And I feel like when you put that in front of women, they have to, they have, we have this silly need to feel like we have to dream, like you said, big and huge. And everything we write down has to be these big, bold things um, and just earth shaking and shattering and large dollar, you know, zero, a lot of zeros after dollar signs and all these things. and I had sat down to do that exercise because I, I do everything I ask my women to do. And I closed my eyes and put myself, you know, okay, what would really make me happy and did the whole process. Um, and what I wrote down was, I want to be out at pasture riding horses with my family. And that was just such an aha moment for me that it was like, if this is what you really want in life, you cannot lose sight of that because you are going to go out and you're going to hustle. And the more hustle you do is actually getting you further away from what you really, really want. And so my self-care is always going back to like those simple moments on the ranch where I'm just, the other day we were out, um, we were moving for anyone who's concerned, we were moving very, very slow out of pasture moving, but Jax was in the back of the ranger um, and he had Dolly, you know, sitting back there, our dog Dolly sitting back there with them and I had Rue on my lap and we were just moving cattle and I hadn't felt that content and happy. Those are the little moments to me and I I cannot lose sight of them because those are what bring me the most happiness. And I just remember being so happy in that moment. Like this is what I work for. And so I would caution or my advice to anyone listening that is, you know, trying to, to hone in on that self-care and, and the happiness and balancing it all is like really sit down and, and write what really do you truly want out of life. And if it's the smallest thing, like I just want to be out and experience those simple moments on the ranch, then do not lose sight of those. Cause those are time and time again, they will refuel you, refuel you, and they will take care of that self-care for you um, as you're going out and doing other things. Oh, so beautiful. Nothing better than that. I love that, Natalie. Okay. So where I'm sure all the folks, if they don't already follow you, which I'm sure many of them do, where can they connect with you? Where are all the places they can get some more of Natalie in their life? Well, it is just my name. I've built a brand around my name. So on Instagram, I am Natalie Kavorik. It's N-A-T-A-L-I-E and then K-O-V-A-R-I-K. Um, my website will be Natalie Kavorik. Um, our YouTube is The Kavoriks. Our ranch website's Kavorik Cattle Company. So uh, if you just type in Kavorik, hopefully something pops up. <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. You are just so inspiring. And I know that you have shared so much wonderful wisdom um, that I think is going to really help people that maybe are wanting to do something similar to what you've done or just um, 
finding a little bit more, I guess, insights, how to look inward and decide what, what their future looks like if it does look different than yours. So thank you so much for sharing your story and your heart with my community. And I can't wait for you all to continue to follow all the wonderful things that Natalie is doing. My personal favorite place to hang out with her is over on Instagram. Her stories always are a light in my day. She has the cutest, most beautiful family and just does a wonderful job of sharing the ranch. So if you want a little, um, I guess you could say, what's the word I'm looking for? Some ranch therapy. If you don't live on a ranch and you want to just feel like you're out of pasture, make sure to follow along Natalie and her family. It's a great place to be. Thank you, Natalie. Love you so much. Thank you for joining and sharing with my community. Thank you. And I can't wait to squeeze you in January in Nashville. Rural rooted. (laughs) I'm so excited. You have no idea. I put it in my calendar immediately when you messaged me. It's going to be so special. And by the way, y'all, if you're like, okay, I love this. I need a little bit more of this in my life. And you are a woman in ag, rural, or Western industry, she said she's going to be launching some more of these retreats next year. So make sure to check her out. Put in one of those applications. I have heard nothing but incredible, incredible things. Um, So make an investment in yourself. I know you will not regret it. All right. Talk to y'all next week. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode of the Climbing with Coach Kaya podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please hit subscribe and leave me a review sharing what you loved most. Come hang out with me on Instagram and Facebook to keep the conversation going as we continue to find joy in the journey. Until next time, I am cheering for you, friend. Keep climbing and we'll chat soon.